Hello, everybody, and welcome to a new episode of the Chaos and Shadow podcast. My name is Kyle, and I'm joined here by my co-host, Pagan. How are you today? I am doing fantastic. How are you? I am doing very, very well. I will call out right at the top of the show, just in case you guys get any weird discord or otherwise audio pings through here my hardware decided to throw fits today so i am on a different kind of backup recording so bear with us if anyone out there in podcast space hears that we will do our very very best um just my apologies today we are going to be diving into a great episode um continuing our tour of new hampshire we for the last three episodes uh, two about UFOs and one about ghosts in New Hampshire. Today, we wrap up our tour by kind of getting into the more, I'm just going to loosely say cryptidy demon side. We're going to dive into that as we go. Yeah, it's it's very strange. This is a strange episode. This is a strange case, but it's a really cool case. So yeah, I hope you guys will dive in with us and enjoy this with us. Yes. And a huge shout out to everyone joining us in Twitch chat tonight. Um, everyone's here. It's twitch.tv forward slash Kyle Dempster Studios. I guess this is a good time to announce to people that uh, we are moving the show a bit earlier. Uh, next week, we're going to do one hour earlier. So if you want to tune in, it will be at 7 p.m. Eastern time. Um, that would be, I guess, just midnight in the UK then, going yes. from Thursday to Friday if you're in the UK. Um, so that's going to make it a little bit easier on you and I. We won't have to hurry out the door when we do our post show at the end. People seem to really like that, so we want to give you guys more time. And it lets us um, have some time at the start of the stream. Beforehand, we were on here for about, what, like two hours extra just watching some spooky ghost videos and things like that. Yeah, we were just kind of you know enjoying ourselves, chatting with chat here and all that. Um, we had a uh, a good time with that, and we got to watch some great stuff on Chernobyl and some very stupid humans. Yes, so. doing dumb things <laughs> that they should not have been doing in Chernobyl. Radiation. Yeah, they, they were doing terrible things. Bad uh, yeah, radiation's not a joke. Why we like the supernatural? Because the supernatural seems to be less stupid than a lot of humans. <laughs> Honestly. These you're, humans were awful. You speak truth there. Uh, I guess that's also to shout out our, our kind of last thing, a little bit of administrative stuff at the start, would be to say... Tuesdays on Twitch around 6 p.m. Eastern. We're also doing more of that. Pagan and I are going to be live mm -hmm. watching um, just kind of YouTube compilations of scary things, whether it's fake or real. We're kind of going through. We're judging it. We're having fun with it. We're, you know, it's it's a it's just a good lighthearted kind of YouTube time with friends where everyone's sharing videos they like and everyone's discussing the, the realism of it and how silly some of the jump scares are that are probably staged. So, you know, we're, we're going through them and, and we've seen some creepy stuff. But again, that's Tuesdays at 8 p.m. Eastern time. So, oh, I'm sorry. That's Tuesdays at 6 p.m. Eastern time. My bad. 6 p.m. Join us for that. Uh, last call out of admin would be to say we threw up a cool article on Patreon this week where we talked about UFOs. I, it was an introductory sort of thing from me. So it was like a, a very intro level. I call it the ABCs of UAPs, which you guys can go learn more about that. Pagan, you did a Tarot Tuesday. How did that work I out? Did do a, I did a New Moon Tarot Tuesday, in fact. Um, so it's a much bigger reading um it was supposed to only be a six card reading but the deck decided to give you guys an extra card it was actually a really great reading talked about some great prosperity options um so definitely go check it out it is free on the patreon it's good times 
Indeed. Please, please, please. We've been having so much fun with that. So thank you, everybody. Tons of free content going up there, too. So stay tuned. But without further ado, Pagan, let us dive into this episode. Yes, let's. Chat's been asking us, are we talking about FaZe? What's actually going on? Well, our first uh, our first entity for tonight is called the Pakuji. Uh, so let me, let me just kind of talk people through this. We're going to go Pakuji and we're going to tie them into a different story. Basically, mm-hmm. this is the oldest mythical creature in North America. Uh, it really ties in with the Wampanoag and the Algonquin lore up there. Also, Mohican apparently as well. So, you know, it's got... With the Mohicans? Yeah, I, I, I see that there's a little Mohican in there too that, that have these guys. Pardon me for going a little out of order in our show notes too. But... So this this lore is very very old, and we've got a picture up on screen here. It is interesting. Um, this is obviously a, a, a nice artist that we we caught and posted this over on Instagram. Let's talk about what a Pakuji kind of looks like because, uh, yeah, they're they're unique. So. They're short, first of all. Um, Everything I've heard says that they're at least under four feet. Some saying even smaller. I think I saw down to about two feet at some times. They're these small little creatures. They walk on two legs. They have opposable thumbs. But they also kind of look like they got some porcupine going on them. On on the back, I guess. Did you see some stuff with that too, Pagan? Yes, uh, they do have some porcupine kind of stuff. They um, It ranges from porcupine-style kind of quills all the way down to fur. Yeah. So, And some even say that it's very heavy skin. So it's interesting. I agree. So, yeah, we saw something where they referred to them. Like you said, the skin, it wasn't taut. It was actually kind of hanging off of them loosely. Like it just didn't fit almost. Mm-hmm. Well, these little buggers are unique. I've not heard of them before, so let's let's keep diving in. So they have some attributes which are interesting. And um, again, we're talking what looks like kind of a gosh, a, a leper. Well, people refer to them kind of similarly, like leprechauns, trolls, mm-hmm. goblins. So if you guys are channeling that in uh, in your in your minds, we kind of listen to it. You're you're on the right path. Very woodsy looking, especially in this rendering we have up here, where it's got kind of like twigs and stuff sticking out of its character very earthly element i guess is what we want to call out they have some special abilities namely the ability to appear and disappear at will they can transform themselves apparently into a walking porcupine so back to that idea some people say they look like a porcupine from the back but the front half looks like a troll so if you guys again channeling that imagery you're on the right path Making them even scarier, though, they can attack people and lure them to their deaths um, by using a combination of magic and kind of a poison approach here. So this is where the tales kind of all deviate and go their different way. Um, and I'm going to throw it to you in a second, Pagan, because you brought some mm-hmm. of it to me. But I've heard of them using poison arrows and then also magic. But you talked to me about them tying the two together. Yes. Um, one article that I read, they ended up possibly shooting someone with their poison arrow. And apparently these poison arrows can also appear and disappear at will. At will. So it, it's a very interesting kind of concept. Um, 
I'm not entirely sure exactly how these guys work, but we're going to get into even more and their connections to the Fae, their connections to demons and all that. But I think before we do that, we should definitely talk about the lore Let's do and it. where they probably originated from. So here we go. I'm going to I'm going to butcher this guy's name here. <laughs> the legend. So I'm, I'm reading a kind of a, a quote off here. Legends of the Pakuji began in connection to Mushop, a creation giant believed by the Wampanoag to created most of Cape Cod. He's beloved by the people, and the Pakujis were jealous of the affection the natives had for him. They tried to help the Wampanoag, but their efforts always backfired until eventually uh, they decided to torment the people instead. They became mischievous and aggravated the natives uh, and until they asked Granny Squaint, Mushop's wife, for help. Uh, so Mushop collected as many of them as he could, the Pakujis that is. He shook them until they were confused and then tossed them all around New England. Some died, but others landed. They regained their minds and made their way back to Massachusetts. So, again, we're talking about this kind of little area up here, but very interesting. I didn't know Maine had creation lore with giants, Pagan. Did you know anything about that? I didn't know anything about that either, but it doesn't surprise me. I mean, there there's definitely some kind of gianty kind of legends that you find in a lot of native american lore so it doesn't surprise me that there's a giant that's associated with this so no. it's kind of cool yeah and you know this is up in the same kind of area where we're talking earlier with like the thunderbirds and stuff like that mm-hmm. you know a lot a lot of interesting lore up there we did um actually that was one that popped up on the patreon and i think we just threw it on the website website too but i did the um the pamula we talked about that thunderbird yeah. gosh Native American lore is so interesting, and we're going to be diving into that as we continue across the U.S. But um, so these guys, someone in chat, let's see, it was Claire Solo said they're kind of in the same vein as gnomes. Yeah. Yes, they are. Uh, so the interesting thing about these creatures is they seem to have a connection to hobgoblins of traditional England, Scotland, and Wales. Uh, okay, I was about to say it. My Alexa lit up like I was about, she was about to start talking. I'm like, no, no, not now. Oh, my God. Uh, <laughs> however, their connection to these creatures, they seem to have also followed the Puritans um, from England. So these hobgoblins are supposed to be very helpful to people, helpful in the home, which the Pukwujis apparently were very helpful to the natives. Uh, however, if you start to reject them, if you start to tease them, if you start to make fun of them, then is what happens is they become very wicked little goblin kind of spirits. And apparently, if you see one of these, including this also falls into the same lore with the Pukwujis, if you see one of them, it's an omen of illness or death. Uh, they're often referred to as friendly but troublesome creatures in the Seely Court, which is supposedly the good court of the Fae. What do you think about Kyle. Ooh, so I, I, I know very little uh, about the Court of the Fae. Would, would, I don't want to put you on the spot, but could you maybe give us some background on the Court of the Fae? I, Is that something we should maybe save for the future? Let's save that because okay. I, I'm I'm very loosely understanding of the Courts of the Fae. I know that's the Seely and the Unseely, but that's about it. I need to really brush up, uh, brush up on 
that before I get that's I talk about it totally fair. We we have said we don't know everything. That is for sure. We're we are are learning as we bring this all forward. So I admit the Fay is another area where I have a lack luster amount of knowledge and i am so eager to learn actually pagan was just recommending some books the other day about like wicca and just starting into the witchcraft realm and stuff so you guys know i'm a big ufo man and i i don't want to veer away from what you're saying in any way but can we can we make that connection that you and i both freaking love hellier we were on watching them chase goblins and stuff down is, is what got them started on a case which actually wound up being closer to aliens and we kind of even talked about that. Uh, well, I guess maybe we should say there's a reference with that skin, huh? Yes, which we're going to get into that here in just a second. So I would definitely say that there is a... These creatures, they don't fit in one specific box. And as we continue talking about them, you're definitely going to realize that they do not fit in a specific box, which is just fine. They are not mm-hmm. entitled to fit in any box if they don't want to. So... um the one thing that I did notice is the Pukwujis all seem to have the same kind of hobgoblin kind of interesting thing um, that is they are small, hairy creatures and can appear and disappear at will. Same with hobgoblins. So we're seeing a lot of kind of interesting kind of fey connection with that. Uh, again, hobgoblins, if they're teased or treated poorly, they will become a fearsome creature often known as a bogart. Ooh. Um, Oh, I've heard Which of those. you hear about in Harry Potter. Yeah. So, oh, wow. again, we're seeing more of this kind of... I, I think that um, J.K. Rowling may have taken some interesting kind of lore with those hobgoblins and all that. Uh, they are known for also causing trouble and playing tricks. These are also very much in the same lore with the Pukwujis. So, I think that the Pukwujis might very well be hobgoblins' American cousins. You could be right. And, and also, fun fact, the Pekujis actually full up appear in Harry Potter series as well. Um, the creature mm-hmm. now acts as a symbol and house at the Livermorny School of Witchcraft and Wizardry. Apologies, yes. I'm not the biggest Potterhead. So I, I'm a little out of the loop on that. But you're very right. I, I've noticed that a lot of, uh, like Harry Potter really borrows a lot of these true like stories uh, and, and mm-hmm. incorporates them in. I guess I'd also say really reminder what we talked about right off the bat. I don't want that to go. I don't want to slip by. These are the oldest mythological creatures found in North America, like or, you know, referred to. So mm-hmm. when we're talking about them not fitting a box, that could very well be because this box is old. This is an this old. box is very old. Yes. And the the there's. A fun correlation with possible portals that we're going to get to later on in the the show. Uh, But the fun thing is, in Germany, hobgoblins are much more malevolent and often lure people to their death. Again, much like the Pukwujis. They tend to do this. They'll lure them out into the woods and kill them. So my question is, are these the same creatures much like the lore of Bigfoot, and it's spread across the world. There's stories of Bigfoot everywhere, including in the New Hampshire and Maine and everywhere else. And just around the world, there's also different ones as well. Or are they traveling through the spirit realms to from all these different countries and just kind of tiptoeing between? And we're just seeing them, you know, it might be a five-minute walk from here to Germany through the spirit realm. I don't know. 
That is a very, very interesting, interesting point, especially with how shrouded these guys seem to be. We, we commented earlier their ability to vanish and appear at will, which, you know, I mean, maybe these guys do inhabit that kind of thing. Like maybe maybe that's their jam is a kind of traveling around just like that and, and appearing. And, you know, I, I also saw reference to uh, gremlins and such with World War Two. Mm-hmm. um fighter pilots and bombers and all that, you know, claiming, uh, for those that actually don't know, uh, they claim to see gremlins and such like that that would mess with the engines or they'd be out there on the wings. Very, very interesting, because you could see at one point be like, well, war is terrifying, and, you know, your brain definitely does fill in the gaps. Like, how do you confront this gruesome reality and things going wrong and your life being threatened? Well, you make up a mystical creature for it. Or, I mean, who knows? There's war and all that brings out some interesting emotions and tragedy and all that loss. And um, could definitely see creatures being attracted to that. Agreed. I definitely could see that the fog of war could create something. But I also very much could see the fact that there's so much energy associated with war times. There's, there's fear, there's excitement, there's love, there's loss, there's death. There's all sorts of energy that's just flowing nonstop throughout this time. So energy attracts all manners, manners of spiritual entities. Mm -hmm. So we're talking demons, we're talking ghosts, we're talking fae, we're talking everything and anything in between. So at that point, is it very possible that during wartime that they were seeing gremlins? Yes, it very well could be because that all that energy could have been attracting those gremlins to come and be like, oh, hey, you guys are already freaking out about the war. I'm going to cause even more fear just for the shits and giggles of it. <sighs> Gotta love gremlins. Yeah. Also, Claire calls out in chat. They seem to be in all cultures in many names and forms. Yes. A lunar calls out saying they remind me of a pardon me. I might say this wrong with a Demovi. Uh, Demovoy, the slot from Slavic folklore, um, especially mm-hmm. the helpful at home and seeing them in, is a bad seeing them is a bad sign for parts. I see. That's interesting. I'm going to have to look up that one. I've not heard of that before. There's so much interesting folklore around There's the world. There's so much interesting folklore Please. about all this. And I love the fact that they're in so many different cultures and they all have different names. They all have different parts of the world. And they all seem to, they, the stories behind all of them don't differ much. They're all very similar. So it makes me beg the question, are these all the same thing? And my opinion, yes, I believe that they are. Hmm. I, I I could see that. I mean, I, I'm not opposed. I, I think there's definitely something to that idea of potentially them porting between spots like that. Mateo joins us in chat saying wholeheartedly believe people bring entities into fruition with their beliefs. So I completely concur with that. Manifesting so, them. The next point of these Pukwujis mm-hmm. is they may have a connection to demons. What? Yes, Are we ready to move on to our deeper, darker part of the episode then? Deep, dark part. Uh, Hold on to your teddy bears, chat. Hold on. Get your blankets and your, your cocoa. <laughs> it's a little hot for Grab cocoa. Grab your flashlights. It's going to get scary. Yeah. Let's so, do it. There is a haunted cemetery in Walton, New Hampshire that is known to for the spirit of the Blue Lady. Okay. The Blue Lady is a.k.a. Mary Ritter Spaulding. Uh, Ritter apparently is her maiden name and Spaulding is her married name. 
Okay. Uh, she emerges from her grave, and uh, she especially appears on warm, foggy nights, especially in the spring and the fall. She's said to manifest as a bright, pale light. Now, this is taking place at a cemetery that's called Vale Inn Cemetery. Again, it's in Wilton, New Hampshire. Uh, a paranormal investigator back in 1999 by the name of Noreen, along with her daughter Alice, went to this cemetery to get a glimpse of the Blue Lady. But when they got there, they bargained. They got way more than they actually bargained for. Oh. So this is going to be scary. Yeah, scary. I, I I'm pulling up some pictures on stream here too of the Vale End Cemetery. Uh, it is it is it is a. I mean, it's gorgeous. Like I'm not going to lie. It's like absolutely a gorgeous cemetery. It is looking so, old too. On the uh, the the original big headstone that was there on stream, mm-hmm. um, it has kind of this like broken pointed top for those who are listening to the podcast. That actually is the blue lady's headstone. And that is the one where it is said that she shoots up out of her grave in a blue light. Wow. Uh, Max says, how scary, like a 10? Well... <laughs> Um, there's going to be some death involved, so we're going to at least go to, like, an 8.5. I kind of asked the question. Okay. Do you pay extra in the afterlife for the fancy, like, effect coming out of the grave? Because that seems like a good, <laughs> like, that seems like something I'd buy as a microtransaction. Like, when you spawn, you get the blue light. Everyone else that's the cheap ones, you get no light. No light for you ghosty ghosts (laughs) afterlife dlc (laughs) that's a good one tune chaos thank you yeah she really paid extra please continue though i'm i'm amped oh my goodness that's so great so noreen and alice both apparently witnessed something that is dark and unnatural coming out of the ground apparently this thing didn't just shoot up out of the ground like mary's blue light does it actually like hands crawled out of the grave super scary had no real distinct figure other than it looked humanoid um and it was solid black it was terrifying and so alice sees this naturally of course freaks out and runs to the car in absolute terror while noreen apparently said that something seemed to scream through her as if maybe something passed through her or she was possessed for a moment so the It's definitely very scary. Alice, uh, um, go ahead. Oh, I just want to say, so can I backtrack? So, so Alice is the investigator. Is that right? No, uh, Alice is the daughter of Noreen. Noreen Noreen is a paranormal investigation photographer. And I guess I, for, for clarity's sake. So, Mm -hmm. so the blue lady has the light that comes out of her grave, but then the, the other creature crawls out. Of her grave, too? Not out of her grave, just a grave. A grave. Oh, that's okay. I'm just, I'm, I'm, because... I'm I'm setting the scene in my own brain for this one. Okay, so 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 Noreen and Alice are out there in the graveyard, yes. and they see the dark and unnatural, creepy creep. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. Yes, and when Alice is running back to the car, Noreen, I cannot say her name for some reason tonight, um, said that something seemed to scream through Alice, and. Alice didn't apparently remember this. She she just was running for the car. She never made a sound or never screamed or anything. She just definitely freaked out, but ran. And so when Alice got home later that night, she called uh, the paranormal investigator that Noreen actually worked for, uh, Fiona Broom, 
later that night asking if something could follow them home. Fiona assures her that no. And I'm sorry, chat. I hate to tell you this. Yes, something definitely can follow you home. Yeah. There's nothing that has ever been indicated that it will not be like, you're a lot more interesting in person. I'm going to go home with you. This place sucks. Not not to belittle Fiona Broom, because I, I don't know her much aside from... Um, you'd sent me her her way her, her website had a lot of mm-hmm. a, a lot of articles in it, but Fiona, that's not ever something I've heard about them not following you home. In fact, I I always hear that's the most like that is the biggest takeaway for novices, rookies, whatever you want to call people that are just going out there either for the first time to investigate and don't know better, or just going out there to start up trouble is. Be really careful because, yeah, something's going to show up back at your house and you're not going to have a fun time. It's kind of the go-to. So, Fiona, please. Um, So, with that, with Fiona telling her absolutely nothing's going to follow you home, I kind of feel like she was telling her this so that she wouldn't freak out and she'd just stay calm. But it gets much scarier from there. Oh, yeah. Let, let's go straight into it. I'm ready. Wait oh. on me, Pagan. So five days later, Noreen died of a sudden and mysterious cause. The coroner's report stated that she had a heart attack. However, she had a perfectly healthy heart. Huh. She had no indication of stroke. She had basically heart attack with mysterious causes. They could not determine what caused her heart attack. So this is where it gets very curious and very creepy. Did this possible dark entity kill Noreen? Did a Pukwuji kill Noreen? And the reason that I say the Pukwuji might have had something to do with this is because of the fact that they can shoot these poison arrows. Imagine getting shot with a poison arrow that can apparently kill you, but the arrow can also disappear at will and look like you've never been shot. Ooh, that totally fits in. They're, they got all kinds of magic and, and the poison arrows for sure. Um, there was also, the, I, I didn't get to call out a, a thing above, but uh, <laughs> they, there was something where it said that Pakujis could even summon fire at will. So yes. like the idea that they could manifest something like that is very in their scope i mean we're making the assumption that that could be it but it's also not really out there they poison arrows can confirm i'm gonna use that loosely poison arrows confirm magic uh fire will confirm the general use of magic confirmed air quotes and Mm -hmm. so for her to die of maybe something like that is an interesting connection it is a very interesting connection it's a very terrifying connection and so it doesn't stop their chat. It gets even scarier. Oh, gosh. So curious of, of the events that happened with Noreen. Several months later, Fiona decides that she's going to return to Vale End. <laughs> and she's going to investigate this cemetery. She wants to find evidence of the Blue Lady and potentially whatever scared the bejeebus out of them or potentially killed her. In doing so, uh, she decides to take some last minute photos before calling a night. And she notices a s- several small creatures, about two to three feet tall, covered with fur, but they are humanoid. These sound very much like the Pukwujis. The interesting thing is they appear to her to be red. So if these are truly fae, fae can 
change their appearance at will. And so perhaps they're like, here's my outlying shape, but I'm going to be completely red to you in the dark, which is very interesting. And and that kind of gets us into some some lore that I don't know if we really want to dive into right here now. But uh, I think you mm-hmm. had mentioned to me the idea of red caps. Was that right? Yes, we did talk about red caps actually last week. In fact, oh, that's um, true. With we did uh, the goody colties. That's very true. I'm sorry, I forgot we even brought that up on here. Yes, we we t- definitely talked about red caps. These, however, red caps though literally have a red cap on their head that's why they're called red caps mm-hmm. but these entire creatures the way that they were described by mm. her is they looked like a cross between elmo and glover from sesame street but <laughs> okay. they were small and furry and red but they were very humanoid and so she didn't know what they were they didn't seem to have the energy or the didn't give her a sense of dread or any reason for her to be like, I should just get the hell out of here. Instead, she just was like, I'm just going to let y'all be over there. I'm going to do my thing over here. You be there. I'll be here. It's fine. And as she's observing these creatures, she continued to walk around, but then she walked into something that felt like a force field, but nothing was there. She said it literally was like walking into a wall of glass. She could see through it, but she couldn't actually move past it. She felt an energy shift and the change around her went from what she considered to be normal to inherently evil. Okay. Now, so if I, if I had to start watching out for these force fields, I'm going to start watching. I'm going to start walking around with my hands fully extended. I don't want to break my nose <laughs> on. Do the zombie walk? I'm going to do the zombie walk. I mean, that's scary. I don't want to lose a tooth over that. Like that, I'm not going to lie. That would be, I always think of that in TV shows when a force field comes up because they always run into it, right? On shows, they're always like, ah, mm-hmm. and they always bounce off of it. All I can think of in real life is like, that's your nose or you're going to tip a tooth on that force field. You better watch out. So she noticed this force field, but then the energy mm-hmm. shifted on top of it from normal to evil, you said? So, yeah, before she actually walked into the force field, she felt the energy shift. And, you know, she just kept walking. She was feeling it shift. And, you know, when you're walking through a graveyard at that point, mm-hmm. um, you sometimes the energies will change as you get closer to graves that, you know, may not be want to be disturbed or you come across something. And yes, there, I have come across demons in graveyards. It's happened many times to me. And the downside to that is there's not much you can do about it because they were there first. Very fair. It point. happens. And I think very much that she came across a potential demon that just was there first. So uh, did that answer your question, by the way? Uh, and I think like all things on the show, one door closes and 12 more open, I think is the real, <laughs> real takeaway. That, that's very characteristic of the paranormal. Unfortunately, you always leave with a dozen more questions than you actually started. Because like what's who? OK, because force fields are in my I guess in my reading, force fields tend to be a rare thing, um, mm-hmm. or at least I don't hear about them a lot. So. I wonder what the purpose of a force field, like, I wonder if they were trying to keep her corralled into a certain part of the cemetery. Like, I'm just wondering what the intention was behind doing something like that. Because that that would be a lot of energy for a spirit or something to manifest like a, an impassable wall, right? That sounds Yes, absolutely. You're completely correct in that. And the, the, the scary part is, 
if this demon thing, this evil entity, actually is what killed Noreen, the downside is it has enough energy to manipulate the physical world to cause someone to die. And so creating a force field at that point would be like, snap my fingers and ta-da, force field. I mean, it, it takes hardly no energy at that point to create a force field. But the interesting thing is, if this thing is doing that, perhaps it was almost hunting her. And hmm. like you said, keeping her corralled. Or maybe she was about to venture into its territory and she oh. basically walked into like a security wall of it and was like, no, you can't go over there. That's my space. Well, she didn't die. So I'm guessing that they may be right. Maybe it was like a because because hunting ground is, is actually a pretty creepy concept that. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't want to say that's 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 almost creepier than like scary movies because, you know, they'll all be like, oh, the door's locked and I just can't open it. Um, and in this case, and then I've they got the door open or kick it open and right. like, flying into the room. Anyway. Right. Right. And now in this case, Thanks we got wood. like random walls being formed in cemeteries in this open space. So yes. if they were Absolutely. using it to corral her, that's very scary. She did live, though, to tell the tale. So I'm guessing maybe like you said, it, it would lead more credence to that, that, that it was just keeping her out of a certain area. But I'm going to need to keep my mind open to this idea of force fields, because, again, just mm -hmm. un not not very familiar with that and the supernatural, the ghosts, the demons. We hear about that stuff with UFOs and sort of fields yes. like that, but who knows? Maybe Which there's more tie-ins. Is more interesting to the fact that this evil entity shows up. The Pakwujis are about, or these little red creatures, whichever yep. you want to call them, and they also are. They, they're there, but they're not doing anything. And if they're fae, and they've also been linked to possible greys because they have gray skin at times. And so if they are alien of sorts, um, then perhaps they're the ones that threw up the force field instead mm. of the entity. It's a very... Maybe. God. The other aspect is, too, you know, Pukwujis have been known to help people. Maybe they also threw up the force field to protect her. Well, that's interesting, too. I, I wonder. I mean, yeah, Matt, Mac Raven in chat saying, what if the Faye were trying to warn her? Mm -hmm. Do we want to spend an extra kind of minute and maybe talk about, I mean, again, we, we've talked. We don't know what the evil entity is in the Vale End Cemetery, but we have strong no. ideas. You have some photo evidence that we'll talk about that she collected here in a little bit. But Ooh. yeah, let's take this minute and talk about whatever you'd like. Here. Yeah, because like the. The idea, okay, so we know there's a creepy crawly in there of some sort, and it kind of sounds like it fits the bill of our Pakwujis, who, hmm. by all lore standpoint, are not, well, I guess they, they, so they were not evil or malicious towards humans to begin with, but that was the way it became. So they tried to help the Native Americans, like we said, but a lot of the time their helpfulness broke down and turned into kind of again back to that gremlin idea of like i'm trying to help but i'm accidentally breaking it what i'm doing almost like a small child in the mm -hmm. kitchen <laughs> um and so i'm wondering that's that doesn't sound evil evil and i wonder what aura these critters give off if their intention 
is not just pure evil. It, it does sound like recent Pakuji stuff after kind of that, that spoiled relationship that you should not go near them and harass them. If you see one, you don't antagonize it. You just let them go on their way. Though it makes me wonder so much. Again, I, 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 that doesn't sound like a, an entity riddled with evil. So it mm-hmm. almost has me wondering if you'd be able to communicate with one of these things, especially if a medium is there that could maybe reach out and speak to them in a, in a different way. Do you happen to know if was Fiona Broom supposed to she claim to have any sort of no, mediumship? No, she, she just claimed to have an interest in the paranormal. Fair enough. That was it. Fair enough. Uh, so it, I would say that would be a very interesting concept. I In all my research, I didn't find any mediums that came across them. Hmm. But... I know of mediums, uh, including myself, who have worked with Faye. Um, I don't want to say, like, full out had a conversation with Faye. We call them working with Faye because Faye always want an exchange. They don't want, you know, just a one-sided conversation. They want something in return. Mm. It's You have to basically pay for their time. And so I would say that if the they were holding to lore of trying to help her that it very well could have been them. Uh, but the interesting thing is you were talked about the auras. And for me, when I see auras, uh, evil auras are not necessarily red. Red is to me like kind of chaos and mischievousness, mm-hmm. which would fit with the Pukwujis being red. If something's inherently evil, their aura is black. And so that fits our like, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of forcing it to fit. I, I admit, you know, we're talking about a lot of these different concepts, but definitely would call them a chaotic figure instead of an evil figure. I think you nailed that right absolutely. on the head. If they're just upset about bad relations, spoiled relations in the past, that does not sound like an entity. I mean, for goodness sakes, the story says they were trying to help, just failing to be helpful. So that doesn't, again, read as a total malicious entity. It does beg the question, you know, in some of this overlap, what all were was what all was encountered in that cemetery? Is there... Is it just truly haunted by a bunch of different entities, including the Blue Lady? Is it, you know, got demons in it? Does it have Pakuji in it, potentially all sharing that same space? I mean, New Hampshire is fairly small, especially compared to a lot of other states when you get out of that region. It is extremely small compared to a lot of states. But however, it has a lot of paranormal lore. Oh, It really does. So the interesting thing, uh, kind of going back to our case here... Fiona felt as if she was being hunted in this graveyard. Uh, What she was feeling was far more sinister than these creatures. And I would say that perhaps she might not necessarily be like a medium or anything like that, but I believe that she might be a sensitive because she was able to kind of differentiate between the energies between them, Mm -hmm. which is very uh, true of most paranormal investigators. Most paranormal investigators have sensitive abilities. Uh, she decided that she was going to be super brave, take a few more s- photos of these creatures that seemed to be emerging from behind the blue lady's headstone. Huh. So I'm wondering if perhaps behind the blue lady's headstone might have a portal near it or behind it to where all of these things are just kind of emerging from. Because the demon didn't come out of the blue lady's headstone, but it came out from nearby. So perhaps maybe the portal is just so large that it came out like maybe a side of the portal, not necessarily through the direct middle. 
Okay, that makes sense. Uh, do we know, was the blue lady... Uh, that is the headstone. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Grim, Grim in chat. Grim is asking if, if the picture we have up. Yeah, absolutely. Good, good stuff. Pagan's pulled out some fantastic photos for us to look at. Um, also, flip up the, the cemetery again so people can get another vibe for that. But do we know the alignment of the blue lady at all? Like, is she a good spirit? Is she a bad spirit? Do we know if she's, like, communing with these creatures? And I'm sorry to put you on the spot there, but... No, she seems to be residual. She okay. seems to do the same thing over and over again she doesn't seem to um really be open like from the information i found nobody has able been able to actually have a straight up conversation with her that would make They've sense had conversations with other entities there but and i say entities in a whole not as in like oh they had a conversation with the demon or the pukbuji um I say those as possibly the demon possibly the pukbuji possibly other spirits nobody was actually specific to who was doing the talking but they did say that they did catch evps they did have conversations and all this but not specifically with her so the blue lady paid for the blue light dlc but she did not get the interactive afterlife (laughs) dlc chat this is just like buying the sims come on you can never just get the first edition you've always got to buy all of the packs that's the way it works it's it's an opt-in for all of it you can't be just living on repeat you gotta Gotta get that extra DLC. So I like it. I like that she's got uh, this. I was just wondering because, like, it made me wonder if they're all congregating around her tomb, for example, if that was going to somehow. I don't know. I was wondering if maybe in her life, if she had tangled with any of these entities. Um, I, was it just That's last a week? Question. Um, she was a widower. I do know mm. that much. Um, her husband had died fairly early on and it's like they, there's lore about her, but mostly it's lore about her haunting, not necessarily her. Okay. So I, I think that if they do not allow investigations at night there anymore. Oh, that there's nobody allowed in the cemetery after dark. Wow. And that's after that death you said. Yes. After that death. So perhaps that they have kind of linked something there. Um, There has been other people that have gone there and had horrible altercations with this entity, this dark entity. Um, Some said that the entity followed them home and plagued them for several weeks. So it's, I don't know, it's pretty terrifying. Uh, She did say that after she got a few photos of this creature... She realized she was in grave danger and she quickly left and so did her crew. She had about four other people with her. And the only, out of all the photos that she took, I guess that she took like 20, 30 photos. And out of all of them, of these creatures, there was only one that had something in them. And the rest of them were just completely black. And it was a red outline in the shape of a devil. Ooh, the shape of a devil? So are they trying shape to say it's like a, a goat man? Is she had to turn it upside down to see that shape. Right side up, it just was a red shape. But when you turned it upside down, it was in the shape of a devil. Now that's interesting. I wonder what that's it's foreshadowing. Hmm. Villain so, Cemetery sounds like a place to go, honestly. I, I'm interested. <laughs> I would, I mean, definitely stop by there during the day because that's all you really can do. Um, but it's 
it begs a lot of questions. Were these Pukwujis trying to help her? Were they trying to just share the same space that happened to share the space with a demon? Mm. Um, could the Blue Lady's headstone possibly have a portal in it? And, you know, these Pukwujis are just very interesting creatures that seem to just touch base in so many different places. And I'm excited to see if they span past New England, if we can find any more of them, kind of like Bigfoot, uh, for instance, in other states and other places that we're going to look into. I'm very curious to see if there's more of them. Me too. I feel like that's a pretty good spot. What do you think, Pagan? Do you have anything else you really want to talk about, Pukwujis and uh, spirits? I think the Pukwujis were just a super fascinating case. And, you know, there were other cryptids in New Hampshire. We just didn't really find as much really cool lore as yes. we did about the Pukwujis. The Pukwujis were one of those ones that we didn't hear so much about. Like, there's Bigfoot lore. They they don't call it Bigfoot. They actually call it the Woods Devil, which is really interesting. Yeah. Um, but it, there's so much lore and so much interesting ties to so many other places and so many other cases with these Pukwujis. And I wouldn't say that in today's world, when the Pukwujis are still seen, that they're necessarily evil. I would say that they are somewhere in between. They're in the middle. Because that, yeah. I would say that some of the people that have come across them, they totally freaked out, but the Pukwuji freaked out as much as they did. And both of them ran in the opposite direction of each other. Little scared buggers, huh? <laughs> Little scared buggers. Wow. So maybe, maybe. But I mean, the one lady that they did run away from, she had a dog. So maybe they were scared of the dog. Ah, uh, you know, that doesn't sound too out there either. I mean, I, I don't know. that The whole idea of gremlins, trolls, Pukwuji, uh, we've talked about a myriad of names through them throughout, throughout the show. Uh, Lunar mm-hmm. filling us in on, uh, you know, Eastern European style folklore that also refers to small critters. So there's going to be a lot more learning that we need to do. We were going to pay attention to a lot of this as we move forward. So yes. maybe also a good time to kind of start the wrap up and talk to you guys about some of the changes that we're bringing to the show. Um, that would be a good plan. Yes, let's do that. Next week, the show, well, uh, next week and going forward, the show's moving an hour earlier on Twitch. So if you guys want to catch us, it's going to be 7 p.m. Eastern time on Twitch. The stream will be starting up an hour before that. So if you want to do a pre-show sort of thing, hang out with Pagan and I before we kick it off, that would be at, uh, what, 6 p.m. Eastern time then. So this yeah. makes it a little bit easier for our UK folks. We know it's a little bit late for you guys there anyway. But we still wanted to open it up, make it a little bit earlier, just so it accommodates both of our schedules better. Uh, mm-hmm. So that being said, again, next week, 7 p.m. Eastern, we're back on Twitch. Oh, my. Uh, we're also, this is kind of the big one, we're uh, we're introducing a topic next week that is off the beaten path of what we have been doing. So since the start of this one, we've been going through state by state. But next week, we are opening it up to... Um, kind of the, the whole concept of parasomnia and sleep paralysis. So yes. if you guys are out there and have had a sleep paralysis story, please, please, please feel free to submit them. You can go to chaosandshadow.com, very bottom of the website, there is a submission form. You just tag it, write up your story. It gets us, it gets us to it. Uh, it gets to us in a very nice way. So we can very easily go through there and keep track of stories, what's going on. Um, we're going to add in something that also... It is, is a disclosure note down there so people can choose whether or not they want us to share the story, whether it's private or public, because we'd love to start working those in. And um, you and I have talked about doing some interviews on the show. 
We have. Uh, one thing I would like to tell people about submissions is uh, all submissions may not make it onto the show. Oh, for sure. So please under- be very cautious and understanding with us that we may not be able to fit them all into the show. They may not fit kind of what we're looking for. And it's nothing against your story. Your story is probably going to be amazing and wonderful because all of you are amazing and wonderful. It's just we may not be able to get it all the way onto the show, unfortunately. We also have to think about Twitch's TOS and Spotify's TOS and everything else. So that's that's a that is very well said. Uh, yeah, yeah. Any no no strict guarantee, but but we we very much appreciate those. Um, Pagan and I are working to kind of build up resources for everyone too, because we notice there's so many people that are they're interested in all of this. Um, one of the things we're working on right now on the website is I am just getting my feet wet, my toes dipped in of doing a reading list up there with some of the books that I've been uh, working on. Pagan and I are going to continue fleshing that out and getting it looking nice. So we're going to have that up on the website. We're continuing to post articles. Maybe some of these stories, again, not a guarantee, but maybe we could also, when people are disclosing stories they want us to share, maybe those can make them into their own blog posts and stuff like that up on the website in, in due time. So we'd love to create a repository of knowledge so people can share from it, which also ties into something cool that we've made the vault notes go free on Patreon. We did. Woof. Cause Pagan, I'm going to call out Pagan spends a lot of time. You guys, she goes through, I'm going to say it's a lot of time. She's going to say it's not, but I say BS really to that. I, I say BS. I say BS because they look so nice when you're done with them. And I don't know how you make my chicken scratch of notes into something so nice. So <laughs> uh, these are going to be free from now on. They have, photos it's again pagan writes them up very nicely so photos nice written text all that and it gives you even some of our thoughts that may not have made it into the actual show but that way you can dive into our vault of information yes definitely sometimes i will include extra bonus cool stuff even extra photos that didn't make it into the show um all sorts of goodies so and also most of our research links will also be in there so if you want to go read the articles for yourself you totally can and because we just kind of give you the cliff note version exactly we look at the show like we're giving you guys a campfire story we try to be as inclusive and like holistic in our research as possible but you know it's it's pagan and i doing our research finding out things so we want to make sure that we at least set you guys up for story we really enjoyed highlighting stuff that is Maybe like just lesser known. I mean, that's why we talk about the Pakuji and not Bigfoot right away, right? Like Bigfoot will get right, his exactly. day, their day. Um, we will go into it. We'll do its own thing. But for right now, let's hit on the people that, you know, the critters that no one knows about or the stories that just aren't always so big. We don't worry, though. We are going to tackle major stuff, especially as we start getting down. Yeah. New York area is we know when we're going south of New York, that stuff is just going to be out there. Crazy big Mothman, all that stuff. So. Very, very fun. Again, we encourage you guys to submit your stories. We'd love to see them. If you got the the sleep paralysis stories, please, please, please go ahead and uh, submit those up on the website. We'd love to maybe incorporate some of that, tell maybe some stories. Um, what else, Pagan? Anything else? Um, we have something else to debut. Oh, we do. Um, you almost forgot. Well, I was thinking, so I will talk about it here. The okay. people in the the audio format will have heard at the beginning of the show, but we are working in, we've got an, a, an intro and outro custom created for our show. So huge shout out to our friend 
Nick, who lives in Vietnam, who's from Russia, who made this fantastic track for us. And uh, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll play you out on our outro. And again, people in mm-hmm. chat, we're going to let you hear the intro as well. Uh, so yeah, stay tuned next week, 7 p.m. Eastern time on Thursday. Uh, join us uh, 6 p.m. Eastern on Tuesday as well. And mm-hmm. consider checking out the Patreon because that is going to keep the dream alive. It's keeping you and I fed and writing this stuff and, and all the good things. So please, please, please yes, feel free yes, yes. to support, share, follow Instagram, Twitter. Um, you should be able to type in Chaos and Shadow on both of those devices and it'll pop up. We are Chaos and Shadow podcast on Instagram and we are Chaos and Shadow on Twitter. Pagan, you've been streaming on Twitch. Do you want to tell people what you've been up to? Um, on Twitch, I have been doing uh, quite a bit of Sims. I've also been playing some Fallout. I usually do art. I just haven't really been super artsy lately. So uh, there's a nice blank canvas over here. It's actually <laughs> a painted over canvas because I painted something the other day that I absolutely despised. And so I painted it back white so I could paint something else on it. Heck yeah. And that's what artists do. <laughs> reuse, reduce, <laughs> recycle. Reuse. Yeah, I like it. <laughs> Uh, yeah, but yeah, no, if uh, mine's very chill, very laid back, I'm not super, you know, hyper and all that on my stream or anything like that, nor is Kyle, but you know, we definitely, uh, I guess you could say we're both very chill folks, yes. And, so, and what's your that, Twitch so people cool. can find you? Oh, it's a uh, Pagan Wolf 13, Pagan Wolf 13, and that will be in the description and bio, and all your show notes and stuff have links to all of Pagan things. Pagan's things, mine included. So if you want to check it out here on this stream, we are doing uh, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, all starting at 6 p.m. Eastern time. Um, like we said, two nights paranormal and then so on so forth. We're going to expand it out and see what we can do with it. So thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Feel free to share it. And we will call out some five-star reviews here, too, in the future. So please keep those coming. We love it. Yes, yes, yes. We want to work those in. Okay, everybody, you guys have a lovely rest of your night. Thank you so much for joining us. Pagan, thank you for sharing your knowledge, and we will see you thank here. Thank you for yours, too. Absolutely. It's been a blast. Chat next week, sleep paralysis, and we'll catch you then. Bye-bye.